revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. Medicine on Call. This is Dr. Elena George, and our show is all about living in the solutions. Today, I have one of my one of my good friends on, somebody who I respect and admire highly, and she's been a, a guest on our show before. This is Dr. Melissa Joyner. Um, we've talked. This is all about or going outside of medicine because we're all human beings, and after the election, well, I think we need to have a, a coming to Jesus moment, so to speak, so that we can stop moving down a path where everybody's talking past each other. It's about coming together because we all literally want the same thing. We all want to live healthy lives. We want to be with our family and friends. We just want to have no friction. I mean, this is pretty straightforward if we would just take a step back and withdraw our emotions. So, Melissa, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really blessed to have you on because every time we speak, it's always like, it's just like you're talking to a like-minded friend, a family member. And well, we- it is great <laughs> to be with you. Well, thank it, you. I mean, I feel that I, I ooze that out of every pore, that I feel like you're a sister in the bond to me. Um, if I could choose a sister to be born right next to me, it would have been you. Um, and you do such a tremendous service to the community, to your patients, to your state and our country. And I, too, echo your thoughts of it is a time for us to come together. And instead of focusing on our differences, we really need to start focusing on our similarities. And I think that's going to be a challenge because there are so many people that are entrenched in focusing on what makes them different versus what makes them alike. I agree. Right now, just so people can remember exactly what you do, you're a radiation oncologist. Tell me a little bit about your practice because it's changed a little bit, hasn't it? It has. I have spent the last nine years working for the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston, Texas. And recently we did a significant merger for our cancer line of business with MD Anderson. So now I am an associate professor for MD Anderson Cancer Center in Houston and will be treating primarily breast and gynecologic malignancies. That's a big job, isn't it? I mean, I know we're going to talk about things that divide us, or I should say don't divide us, but one of the things that I think everybody can come to terms with is the cancer rate in our country and throughout the world. And female cancers, are are they still on the rise, or has there been a plateauing of that? I think we still have a long ways to go on education. You know, the HPV vaccine mm-hmm. is really critical for not only girls, but boys. And so I am very passionate about all young women and young men getting their vaccines, you know, starting at age 11, 12, parents, and the vaccine has recently been changed to be allowed to extend beyond age 26 up to age 45. So sadly, that eliminates you and I, although I'd like to think I was still 45. (laughs) I think that represents a tremendous opportunity for men and women because men are affected by this vaccine. Not only can they pass it to their partners, but they're also seeing an alarming rise in throat cancer. So my hope is 
this will present an opportunity for people to go get this vaccine. Well, I mean, health clinic and get it very inexpensively. I know that from a head and neck perspective, it's been on the rise with, you're right, with head and neck cancer. When I was in training, that wasn't, we wouldn't even know about that, but now there's been an explosion. I know that for the cervical cancer, that's an issue. It has not been shown to be anywhere else like breast or uterine, has it? No, no. It's primarily what you see with genital cancer, throat cancer. There are HPV related subtypes that are more highly associated with different subtypes. But it is important to note that many of these cancers can be prevented by the vaccine. And so I really, really want to encourage all people to go out and get vaccinated. And from a a treatment perspective, if you do come up or unfortunate enough to get the diagnosis, is it always surgery that needs to be done or is there any other modality that that won't require surgery? Uh, Actually, there are multiple modalities, as you would expect. So surgery is an option depending on the stage of disease. Chemotherapy, again, dependent on the stage of disease, as well as radiation may play a role. So it's really important if patients have symptoms to go see their primary care doctor or a doctor like you, an ENT surgeon. So if you have a problem and you feel a lump in your neck or you have a sore throat or voice change, then that's an indicator. If it doesn't go away, you need to go see a physician and be evaluated. Okay. And for the female cervical cancer, that's not as easy to see. What do you recommend for people to so, be preemptive? Right. So absolutely, I strongly encourage women to get their regular annual checkups and pap smears. The guidelines have changed on this slightly, so you may not be getting a a pap smear every year depending on your age, but you really need to see your provider. And I always tell patients, you know, I, I treat everyone as if they're my family. And so if it were my family member, you know, just like I would tell you as someone I consider like family, I would want you to go and have an exam to have someone at least look Mm -hmm. in your vagina, do a good exam, and perform a PAP as per guidelines. Okay. And from a demographic standpoint, is there any group that is more likely to be at risk for cervical cancer? So, you know, there's been a lot of talk on how many sexual partners Mm -hmm. you've had. Um, And, you know, I hate to get into stereotypes like that because certainly that puts you at more exposure, and that's really what we're talking about. It's not a question of promiscuous behavior or anything like that. People want to pass a judgment. It's more that the more people you have sexual relations with, the better chance your probability of getting exposed to a sexually transmitted disease. Mm -hmm. And that's why education is so important. The use of condoms, important. Not sleeping with someone that you don't know their sexual history, important. Um, you know, I, I think it's candid discussions, just like we're having. If you can have those with young people, they tend to respond a lot better than trying to make it a mysterious topic or just saying no. As, as with everything, right? If it's mysterious, then you're more likely to want to do it. As it just takes the sure. um, mystery out of it. And, you know, it's all about actions have consequences. It's not a value statement. It's just truth. 
Right. And people people hate having to deal with truth. You and I, we're truth speakers, and I think that makes a big difference in our society. You may not always like what we have to say, but the truth sometimes can be eye-opening. And it, it's just a lesson I tried to tell my children the other day. Even a little white lie is still a lie, mm-hmm. right? And why even say it? You can say nothing. So if somebody asks you how your hair looks or if I say, do I look fat in this? Maybe the answer is you look nice and just leave out the commentary <laughs> on fat or not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that is not to talk about my own vanity, although weight loss is important for all women too, because that's protective, right? As we age, we our bodies don't like estrogen, mm-hmm. as I like to say. But I mean, the answer is we just need to all speak a little kinder but also really strive to tell the truth. I mean, they're not mutually exclusive. In a kind way. Exactly. It's not mutually yeah. exclusive, is it? <laughs> I mean, don't you think part of our uh, our society with social media has unleashed people? When you're not looking at somebody in the face, when you, you don't have to see their reaction and and have an immediate consequence, do you think that's actually unleashed people to be a lot more uh, in, uncivil or, you know... Oh, I absolutely. I think the cloak of anonymity, as I like to call it, has definitely people to say awful things to one another um, and that they would never say directly to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've watched horrific things said, and as I tell people, um, you know, you don't necessarily know the truth from a 30-second soundbite. You know, mm-hmm. the news has changed from factual to opinion-based, but yet people tend to want to get their information in 30-second sound bites versus doing research, and that's a problem. Oh, I absolutely agree. And then you can compound it because you only want to get sound bites from people who are like-minded. There's no, no uh, debate. There's no being able to have a healthy conversation with someone who doesn't share your opinion it's as if you that doesn't that shouldn't exist there's something bad about thinking outside the box or having an opinion that you can back up that doesn't seem to be uh it, it's not valued anymore it's actually frowned upon well you know when i see people and i'll share the story to your viewers We were out at breakfast this past Saturday um, with my son, and, you know, he's a tweener, become a teenager, and the table next to us had four millennials, and they were kind of very diverse, you know, two men, two women, three ethnicities, and literally one of the young men, because he stood out because he was so loud, but was saying repeatedly how he would like to attack Sarah and her children and use obscenities, which he used at the table, Mm -hmm. and spit on them. And I thought, hmm, that does not seem to be an appropriate reaction. And my son, you know, had big wide eyes and was like, oh, well, mom, how would you handle it? And I just said, that is ignorance personified. When someone says, you know, get up and somebody's personal space, yell at them, yell at their children, use obscenities, including the F-bomb. You know, we have 
gone to the lowest common denominator. We are letting ignorance drive the train Mm -hmm. versus accepting that no one and nothing is perfect, right? Mm -hmm. But that each of us can take a step forward to affect positive change. It does not have to be this way, you know. And when I was in college, just like when you were in college, we would have rigorous debates. We used to call them bathtub parties. And we'd fill our bathtubs with beer and wine. And everybody would sit around and have drinks and discuss the issue of the day. And when I was in college, it was apartheid. I never heard anyone get in a fight or resort to name calling, ever, never, ever, ever. And at the end of the evening, we kind of like, oh, here's to a great time, a great evening, intellectual discussion. I don't know where we lost that, but we have clearly lost our ways. And when you let, I like to say the lowest common denominator, but when you let people dictate that or you turn on the news and they are not reporting factual statements, which you and I are well aware of with the medical field. I mean, just we never hear the actual factual statements reported. Um, We have a problem. And so it's going to be incumbent on people like you and I to join hands together, literally and figuratively, as sisters of change and to help affect change and make our voices rise in unison together. I think that's a great place to take our first break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. From treatment of sinusitis with balloon dilation to minimally invasive office procedures to correct snoring, Peachtree ENT Center offers state-of-the-art care. We also specialize in price transparency. You'll know the cost of our ENT services before they're rendered, whether you have a high deductible plan or no insurance at all. Make an appointment today to find out why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. We're speaking with Dr. Melissa Joyner one of my great friends and colleagues and somebody who is a positive in our world. And we all need to be this way. Instead of thinking of the negative, instead of doubling down on things that are not helpful, we need to start, and this is the mantra of the show, it's about coming together and learning from each other, frankly. I learn the most from people who don't think like me. Because it makes me have to, one, really double or understand and be able to explain my way of thinking. And also, I like learning. So there's got to be things that nobody knows that someone else can teach them. And that's that's what living's about, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. And we're learning every day. And, you know, that's a perfect segue to the fact that we all need to continue to acquire knowledge and then take that knowledge and transfer it into the commitment for each and every one of us to try to do the right thing and to live our lives as role models for others. And and as physicians, you and I know this well, we're dedicated to improving the lives of our patients and their well-being. And I think this attitude has to, must rub off to others out in the community. And we cannot, cannot, I can't emphasize this enough explanation point. We need to get rid of the far left 
far right. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the sound of our voices in the middle should be heard. Mm-hmm. You know, and and that is going to have to be. And people, I get it. I hear it every day. I have doctors that tell me all the time they're afraid to speak up. I have patients that say I'm afraid to speak up because they'll be attacked. Maybe they aren't doing what the media says. You know, they're of a certain race. Yeah. And they don't want to vote the way that race votes. And, you know, I, I just all of that is appalling to me because I thought we all have free will and are free thinkers and can educate ourselves. And. And, you know, somebody that I have really never known a lot about, but who has my tremendous empathy of late, regardless of what political party he was, is, or will be, is Kanye West. Because that poor man has been vilified, attacked. I I mean, even though he's famous, I don't know many people that could just be called crazy and stupid. And just because he has a different belief. I mean, so I know why people are afraid. They think, well, man, he's worth, I don't know how many hundreds of millions. And yet he's attacked that way. So that is a scary concept. And it's whether you agree with him or not. You know, it's it's that he is being viciously attacked for having a different opinion than what people think he should have, or some people, right? Yeah, yeah, agreed. But this is the divide and conquer tribe mentality. You're supposed to think, or I think the powers that be would like you to think based on the color of your skin, what sexual reproductive organs you have, what part of the country you live in, anything that they can do to divide us, they'll they'll do it. And you're all supposed to think in terms of your your tribe or your group, whether it works against you or not, which is they don't want individual thinkers. They don't want free thinking people because you can't be herded. And if there's something that doesn't make sense, you will stand up, raise your hand and ask, well, excuse me, but what's going on? If you're too busy fighting each other and trying to get your turf or because someone took it from you, then they have free reign to do whatever they want, which is to get us all in a position where we can be taken advantage of, in my opinion. Oh, 100% agree. And hey, for all our listeners that don't physically know you or I or see our faces, Elena is black. I'm white. We're both the same age. I'm from Texas. You know, she's from Georgia. Obviously, that's a big chasm right there. (laughs) We've managed to overcome any difference that other people might say that is. There was no hurdle for me, and I don't believe there was any hurdle for you. We're best friends. We're colleagues. We're passionate about many things, improving health care, helping people, disseminating knowledge. And yet the media would have it be that I should not be your friend. Exactly. And, and that just cannot happen. It is wrong, wrong, wrong. And I won't let anyone dictate to me based on any value, belief, color, age, gender, who I can be friends with, what I can think, who I can break bread with. I like everyone and I'm going to beat that drum so that everyone has the opportunity to not be part of the herd or the mob, which I think we do have um, young people in particular that don't have the life experience to, and I'm not putting you down, young people, if you're listening to this, but what I'm saying is you haven't seen as much tragedy as somebody in their 70s or 80s or people that lived through World War II. But when I see a woman on TV that is wearing a New York firefighter's hat Mm. 
and is viciously attacked by a young man who says it's great that your husband died at 9-11. Um, something is clearly, clearly desperately wrong. I mean, that just makes my the hair on the back of my neck and arms rise up. And I have no idea what her belief system is, what religion she is, what political party. All I know is that this poor woman should not be attacked because her husband lost his life. I absolutely and he agree. was a firefighter trying to save others. I agree. And then there's the, the most recent example of this in the moment of silence for the people who were killed in the synagogue um, in the in recent past. Somebody gets up and starts uh, screeching in a moment of silence about some political you know, the theater. It's no empathy. I think the problem really comes down to empathy, where if you are able to say that someone is evil, that they're the worst person in the world, that they're not human, then it gives you free reign to not empathize with, with them. They become non-human, and that gives people the moral, they believe, the moral authority to be as nasty and vindictive as, as they possibly can be because it's justified. Right, and and that is a scary concept because what you see is these groups that are attacking other people, um, and you know you can name a group de jure, but mm-hmm. there that is, um, and sadly, many of them are far left now, and I don't know that that was ever their intent. I'm trying to be empathetic to many of these people and and try to understand, but you know your point about loss of empathy—that's how the brown shirt started out. I mean, people need to go back and read their history books. They didn't have empathy, you know, and my heart is breaking for the people in Pittsburgh and the synagogue. And to hear you tell me, I have not seen or heard what the story that you just told, mm-hmm. but to hear that somebody would stand up and screech anything or make a political statement um, during a moment of silence is just horrific to me and, and saddens me because we don't even have a barometer and it's not a tit for tat thing it should be stop enough don't do it again we're not all perfect nobody is perfect we're just trying to improve a little bit each day it's about being civil you're in a society we're all in it together and it comes from the top honestly i think we've been the those in the left part of the spectrum have been very vocal about get in people's faces we won't be civil until we're back in power they're very aggressively asking people to be just let it all hang out by any i mean the ends justifies the means basically and it's well remember that's the way they foment you when people don't have the intellectual capacity right Mm -hmm. to think through all this and they just hear as i like to say the 30 second soundbite they will rise to that occasion it's it's stirring the pot you foment discontent it's not right for any party to do it at all. We certainly have seen as recently, you're right, it has been far left, but it's not right for anyone. And that's why I say the extremes on either side really need to stop. And it shouldn't be a contest of laying blame. You know, if you're going to actively practice forgiveness, as I like to say, try to channel grace. And when I get upset and frustrated and angry, I, I try then to step back and say, channel grace, take a deep breath, you know, mm-hmm. think, stop, reflect. 
and then move forward. And that really is a lesson for everyone. We can all do that. We can all stop. It, even if you have to count in your head or wear a rubber band on your wrist and snap it. <laughs> but we need, again, to do something where we think about what is best for every person and how our interactions can influence the chain reaction and affect others that we touch. I mean, we just have to think that way. And we're doctors, right? So it goes to people's health. Exactly. If you have all this anger, if you're bitter, if you are making statements that we cannot be civil unless we're in power, there's something inherently wrong with that. Because that, again, is fomenting discontent and saying it's okay to be bad, behave bad, attack, be this anonymous writer, not so anonymous writer. And you and I both know the statement, and, and I've really spoken up about this, you just can't say anything at any time about anyone and ergo it's true because it's not let's take a quick break you're listening to medicine on call affordable health insurance was the promise of obamacare but for many the government mandate caused more problems than it solved This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare bypasses doctor and hospital panels, giving you the freedom to choose, and with a maximum of $500 out-of-pocket per person and 100% coverage up to $1 million per year per occurrence, you can rest assured knowing you and your family are protected. Coverage starts as low as $107 per month and also includes dental, vision, pharmacy, and holistic care. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. Before the break, Dr. Joyner and I were trying to really, I think, tease out some of the motivations here. And, you know, I were talking in the break, you mentioned that you don't think there are a lot of moderates. I actually think the people who are getting the megaphone, the people who the media are highlighting, are the minority. They're just being given a platform. When I go out, when I see my patients, it's not about race at all. It doesn't even matter. It's about us sharing energy, sharing ideas as individuals. What happened to the Martin Luther King content of character, not the color of your skin? This is exactly the opposite. What we're seeing now or what's being fomented is you have because you look a certain way, you need to think a certain way. The, the White House visit with the young conservative college kids was demonized by the old old guard like Al Sharpton about they were being used as a prop. These kids are intelligent, well-spoken, well-educated. I think that's completely ridiculous that you're, you just negated their ability to think for themselves because you know what's better. We need to stand up against that. This is a person and this is a mindset that is antiquated. 
But the fact that good people stay silent, I think, is a problem. Well, I will tell you this. If Barack Obama, Donald Trump, George Bush, Bill Clinton, any of them invited my children to be at the White House, I would be thrilled. Um, I absolutely concur with you 100%. When I look at people, I was raised in a way that I never saw color or race or religion. You know, I see a patient, all I can say is everybody has the same body parts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? When I cut you open, the blood's all red. So I... Nobody in my mind is different. We just all have unique attributes about us, right? Just like mm -hmm. our fingerprints. And that's to be celebrated. It's not, it should not be divisive. And, you know, I think we sadly are being made pawns by the media, you know, that has an agenda that is very convoluted and quite frankly, one that I think um, would surprise many people that it, it's not what people think it is, you know, and without getting political on that and going way off on a tangent, but I think people do need to start thinking for themselves. I think we need to embrace one another just as you do when you go into your church or synagogue or mosque and when you have your friends and family day, put your hand out and link up arms together and find five reasons why we can come together and fight for that. Fight for the economy. Fight for houses over our heads. Fight for our homeless people. You know, the exactly. people that don't have a roof over their head. Let's start fighting for the tangible things that we can touch. And I use the word fight loosely. Mm -hmm. I don't mean literally because people, you know, as you and I both know, try to twist words. Yeah. What I'm saying is help one another. Make that a priority, you know, and then you can make a difference. It starts with the one. Agreed. I mean, and... <laughs> Call people on things. You know, I don't. You watch the State of the Union, the last one, for example, where the numbers for African Americans, for women, for Latinos in our country, job numbers were better than they'd ever been, and the silence on the on the Democratic side. It's almost as if they were unhappy that the country was doing well. I mean. That yeah, should I have don't been understand out. that at all. Yeah. Right. I, you know, what that does more than anything else for someone like me is it makes me sad. It's a messaging that's not helpful, right? You would never tell your child, hey, I don't want you to succeed. In fact, we make every investment, even as a society, um, you know, we have programs to give children the advantage to succeed. So when we start succeeding, we should all join hands and and give big hurrahs. And it shouldn't matter what president is in power, right? Exactly. Everybody. And our former presidents should celebrate that, you know. But instead, somewhere along the way, we lost sight of that. And, it, and it's kind of this jockeying for getting credit or taking power or saying, you know, that's not what really happened, but the numbers don't lie, you know, and people, again, that's where it goes back to being a truth speaker. We've, we've forgotten how to rejoice. We've forgotten how to be thankful for our successes. And, um, yeah, I, 
you know, every day I there are many things that I just don't understand. But when I see people around me doing better, um, then it makes me want to help others more because bad things can happen to good people. People get cancer. They didn't do anything wrong. They get cancer. People lose their jobs. Oftentimes they didn't do anything wrong. It's the economy takes a downturn. You know, we're bringing jobs back. People are doing better. You know, people are able to pay their bills. I mean, this should be a positive thing, not one to attack. I think that it's a mindset, though, Melissa. Honestly, it's a choice between whether you think that the power should lie, power of the purse, the power of, uh, you know, coercive force, meaning being able to bear arms. Everything should lie with the government or should be the individual who's able to handle their own business and take care of their, you know, smart enough and to know what, what's good for them and their family. But I think those are the two uh, swings of the pendulum, and those who believe in, in socialism and government, big government, in the government uh, uh, democratic policies don't have faith that people can protect themselves and, and help themselves. They don't want that. And they well, demonize people who uh, think that they do. I, I hear you, and I will tell you, I have a good friend, and he's Cuban. His parents fled persecution in Cuba. I actually have more than one very good friend, and they all have a similar story. One is just one of the finest doctors I know, and she tells the story about how everything they had was taken from them, how every family member that stayed there has suffered incredibly. I was a businesswoman before I went to med school, and a good one. I will tell you, if somebody thinks socialism works, they need to show me where, because I, I just haven't seen it. If they think communism works, show me where. It, it doesn't work. And people, when they have personal autonomy, when they can make their own decisions, they do better, mm-hmm. right? And when people, when young women, I want every young woman out there to say yes to themselves, you know, to take the opportunity to say, I'm worth it. I matter. You know, I'm going to get an education. You know, I'm going to use, you know, protection and not get pregnant at a young age so that I have an opportunity to better myself. That's how we make a difference. And as a mother of boys, I certainly feel the same way about them, right? You know, I want them to all succeed. Mm -hmm. But young women in particular, they need to have the right to say yes to themselves and gain their confidence and be successful. And and we should all want that. And to, to subrogate that right to a government entity, in my mind, is crazy. I mean, that is foolish talk because... Governments are inherently notorious for, you know, multi-level mismanagement, <laughs> and they aren't going to make a better decision for my children or for you and I. I know if I had a problem and I called you, you'd help me. I would not want to pick up the phone and call a government entity and wade through that and say, now who's going to help me there? But I can call many friends and family and have them immediately step in to help. So people need to remember that lesson. It's kind of the days of our forefathers, you know, uh, the greatest generation on earth, right? You know, after the Depression, they lifted themselves up by their bootstraps, so to speak, and and got to work. And, yes, there were some federal programs that helped 
kind of drive that. But it wasn't intended to be a lasting, you know, Mm -hmm. entity. It was more to jumpstart. It's like an AED. You shock the heart and starts beating. You don't just keep shocking it. You say, hey, we're good. It's beating. Exactly. I mean, does it come down to personal responsibility? I mean, you have to have the room to make a mistake in order to learn from it and get better. Instead of somebody literally deciding your ceiling. And that's really what happens. You know, if you look at, if you want to go back to history, the black family was intact for the most part after Reconstruction, etc. It wasn't until the 60s that we really started to see when the government stepped in to help give, you know, welfare benefits. In order to get them, you had to say, well, you didn't know where your husband was. That was the beginning of the breakup of the black family. And it's a government program that did it. So the government needs to protect us. They have certain roles, and they've gone well beyond those roles, in my opinion. Well, to our listeners, see, I can say that Elena has educated me on something as well, because I did not realize that was the genesis of the problem until you said it. And, uh, you know, I'm a big believer. I think family units are helpful in our society. I know that it is very difficult, and I applaud all those mamas that are single parents, but it is much easier to have a mate, a spouse, a partner that is helping you uh, raise children and pay bills and clean house and do laundry than it is to do it by yourself. There's no question. It's not about whether it needs – it's a family unit, no matter what at this point in time in the the world that we live in, whether that's female, male, it's a family unit, and it needs to be together. But, you know – Ultimately, if you if you let the government, in my opinion, decide who wins and who loses, nobody cares more about you than you or your family members or your mom and dad. Just think about this uh, uh, universal payment system that they want to bring on where you get a, a subsistence. What is it? A, uh, the government gives you a certain amount of money per month to live on. What happens when that stops? And you're not working. What are you supposed to do then? I mean, just think of all the things of, of this control that someone else has over you. Debt is not a well, good thing to be Well, that's called codependence, Exactly. Right? Codependence yeah. isn't good, right? What we need to do is give people the tools to take care of themselves. Agreed. And to have opportunities. And in my mind, that isn't related to a political party nope. or a political agenda. That's related to... Giving people opportunities, having businesses flourish, you know, teaching people that, hey, if you only make $50,000 a year, you can't afford eight kids. So, I mean, you have to be accountable. And I think when you give people the tools and the deductive reasoning to address those types of complex questions for their own personal lives to get the best outcome. It's not from a big bureaucratic, you know, big brother watching on high, you know, because my opinion for a family living in, let's say, rural Montana may not be relevant, right, Mm -hmm. to another family living right here in Houston, Texas, 
that, you know, can relate to the weather, you know, the environment, the job opportunity. So, yeah, I just, you're exactly right. Um, big government, I don't think, has ever been the answer. It certainly is a tool, government programs, to utilize and for the betterment of people's lives. But it's not the end all, nor should it be. And simply, we're just not going to have enough money. I mean, that's the, the sobering, sad truth is there's not going to be enough money to pay for all this anyways. And I think it's it's shameful when politicians start saying free education, free housing, free food, free, free, free. Well, somebody has to pay for it. Exactly. At some point, you run everybody signing up for the free stuff. Who's who's actually going to do it? And that's the lesson I try to teach my sons: is you're going to have to be able to support yourself, and you may want a family, and you're going to have to help support your family. You know, and you may have a partner, a spouse, or whatever who works or does not work, and all of that has to be taken into consideration. And having said that. You have to think about that now, and as you take your journey through life, you're going to decide what you want out of life. If you want to be a park ranger and live in the mountains and hike every day, that's a wonderful, what I would call a successful career choice if it makes you happy. If you want to be a doctor like us, then you got to knuckle down and, and study, and, and you're going you're gonna to sacrifice parts of your life for the betterment of other people's lives. And that's a noble thing to do, you know, and you'll get satisfaction from that. But it's your decision. It's not my decision. It's certainly not the government's decision. On that note, let's take a break. You're listening to Medicine on Call. From treatment of sinusitis with balloon dilation to minimally invasive office procedures to correct snoring, Peachtree ENT Center offers state-of-the-art care. We also specialize in price transparency. You'll know the cost of our ENT services before they're rendered, whether you have a high deductible plan or no insurance at all. Make an appointment today to find out why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at PeachtreeEntCenter.com. Are you having problems with persistent bad breath, constant throat clearing, hoarseness, a cough that won't go away, a sore throat, or a feeling that something's always stuck in your throat? Why not find out what the problem is so it can be fixed? At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking time to work with our patients as a team to get to the root of the problem. Make an appointment today to see why Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Call 404-591-9100 or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com. Welcome back to Medicine on Call. You know, this is our last segment. I was just saying in the break, it, it goes so fast when you're talking with someone who is just just a joy to talk to because you're so positive. And anything, I can imagine you seeing the good in anything and making the best out of any situation. And we need more of you out there. We need more people like you. Well, I think you'd be living in a much better world, I can tell you right now. 
I tend to be a Pollyanna, and uh, some people don't know what that term is, but, you know, I look at it, my glass is half full, and when I'm dealt negative hands, as they say in the poker world, I always just start to say, okay, you, you know, dust yourself off, okay, you got to rethink this, move forward. And the other thing that gives me strength and hope is that every day I try to help somebody else, every single day no matter what. And it may be a little bit of help or it may be a lot of help. But when you do that, when you become a giver, you get back way more than you give. You know, just to see the light in someone's eyes, the smile. You know, a lady gave me tea the other day and I gave her a tip that was more in the cost of the tea and she just beamed. Mm -hmm. But I thought, you know, she went out of her way to go get that for me while I waited for the family dinner that I cooked, Chinese takeout. So (laughs) (laughs) I just, uh, I think every little bit that you do can make a difference, you know, and um, yeah, we've we've got to change it. We've got to change the narrative. We've got to change the the dialogue that people are spewing hate and people that are pointing fingers and saying it's one person's fault. I tell you what, I watched the news yesterday, and I had never been more dismayed by listening to the narrative that I saw in the news. That was where the hate, you brought up the example of the young people going to the White House and being demonized by Al Sharpton. I just... On every level, to my core, that makes my heart hurt. Because those young people, I imagine, probably worked hard to raise money to get there. Mm -hmm. They studied. Their families were proud of them. And to have someone just try to dismiss that in an instant for their own personal gain is shocking and saddening to me. And so we have to to rise up and stop that. I 100% agree. You know, maybe there's some good that comes out of all of this uh, naked hate and aggression is that it's being exposed. You know, there's no more hiding behind, you know, throwing a rock and hiding your hand behind your back on this stuff. It's really out there. There's nothing positive that this mindset brings. I don't care if it's on the left or the right. And frankly, we should, I agree with you, that's a false narrative too. It's as if you you can only choose one and, and the other side is the most evil thing in the world. That's too simplistic. Nothing is like that. And we're, we're very right. complex people, all of us. Right. And that's why I think you and I can beat that drum and say it is a totally false narrative. It's It's really going to try to find people that can be easily manipulated. And I think that that's why there are certain elements of the media and certain politicians on the extremes that are doing that and taking advantage. And that's why the young people that I saw when I took my son for pancakes used the vile comments that they did to talk about a woman and her children who's just doing her job as press secretary but Mm -hmm. wanting to attack and spit on her and her children and push them and call them foul names because of that false narrative. They're buying into it because they're they're not looking things up. They're not reading. And they're certainly not seeking out difference of opinion, right, mm-hmm. to get to a higher plane, you know, of enlightenment. And that's where we all need to be. You know, I'm not even sure that they know 
what the what that is. It's as if there's been a disconnect between, I mean, God, spirituality, and what's going on every day. There's just a disconnect. And if you don't have something bigger than you, something that is something to strive for, some 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 goodness to move towards, you really can be thrown off track, I think. I wonder what the education system's doing, because it, it's nothing like when we went to school. No, and again, this is faith. As I say, any faith is good, you know, and I, I encourage people to get back in touch with their faith. Go to your synagogue. Go to your church. You know, if you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, you know, if you're Muslim, go to your mosque. You know, if if you just believe in karma, you know, start mm-hmm. thinking about it mm-hmm. before you do something negative. I think if people put others before themselves first, we'll see a change. And then, you know, maybe just turn off the TV, for goodness sakes, to some of this, you know, what I call uneducated Phil. You know, to a talking head that has a microphone in their ear that's just spewing negativity. I would that's agree my, with that. My two cents. <laughs> I mean, be happy. Exactly. I mean, my thing is, if it makes you feel bad, turn it off. You know, if then everybody, I think we're so inundated with what's in front of us. But you need to just take one step back. And if you're feeling bad about something, or it makes you feel a, tw- if you get a twinge, I usually get a twinge, and I just walk away from it or stop engaging in it, and just withdraw your consent. It only works if you yeah. continue to try to engage with it. They want you to be just at your wit's end, stressed out, otherwise completely out of the picture, out of the game. And therefore, if you don't play it, you're not going to be held. You know, they can be, it can be used against you. It's time to take Correct. your power back. And that means in all aspects of your life. And that doesn't mean you have to take it from somebody else. That's the other thing. Just because you feel a certain way, it didn't do it to somebody else. Nobody, Everybody's got to be responsible for their own happiness. I can't make you happy, but I can certainly do things not to encroach upon your happiness. It's just a different mindset, isn't it? Well said, Sister Doctor. <laughs> here, here. And I think we, uh, again, let's link arms and let's let's speak out for positive change and for a healthy dialogue and hope that we can bring more happiness into the world and that maybe our discussion today helped enlighten their people so that they'll have a little bit different perspective when they start their day tomorrow. I think we have to leave it on that note because there's nothing there's nothing else to be said. We got to drop the mic on that, right, Melissa? <laughs> <laughs> what what's Thank the way that people oh it's oh, it's always an honor and a pleasure is there any way that if people want to reach out to you and ask you questions about cancer or, or anything is there what what's a way that they can reach out for you or to you um they can contact me at md anderson cancer center at mmjoiner at mdanderson.org um and if they have a cancer need they can call. Anderson has locations not only in Houston, Texas, of which there are many, but across the country and now across the globe. And so they can just get online and go to the MD Anderson website to get information about their cancer. And certainly 
you know, in your community, Atlanta, Georgia, one of my uh, mentors is at Emory University, another fine institution, as are all the private doctors that operate at all the hospitals across the country. Um, so if you have someone nearby, close to home, I strongly encourage you to see your doctor, go to your primary care. Preventative medicine is obviously the best pathway forward. Always. On that note, thank you so much for listening to Medicine on Call. Thank you, Melissa, for joining me today. I look forward to having you back on. Sure. Thanks, Elena. God bless everyone. Bye-bye. If you've tried taking over-the-counter medications but still have problems with nasal congestion, recurrent sinus infections, sinus headaches, or a dry mouth when you wake up in the morning, why not fix the problem? From natural integrative treatment to minimally invasive surgery, Peachtree ENT Center will work with you to find the solution that works best for you. Call 404-591-9100 today to make an appointment or visit us at peachtreeentcenter.com because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.